Kyrie Irving was just traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks. We're going to talk about that trade, what it means for the rest of the league and the Eastern Conference. And will this start setting off other dominoes at the trade deadline? We're going to talk about that, plus the Bulls' upcoming schedule and diving into the mailbag. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. I'm the host here, Hayes. You can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes. And so, Kyrie Irving was just traded from the Dallas Mavericks. He was traded along with Markeith Morris to the Maverick. I mean, to the Brooklyn Nets. Sorry, he was traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks. And the Dallas Mavericks sent Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, an unprotected first in 2029, and two second-round picks in 2027 and 29. And I already know there's going to be a lot of Bulls fans asking why the Bulls could not have made this trade. And a big reason is, it's just contracts, right? The, the fact of the matter is, is that the, the Mavericks did have the Spencer Dinwiddie contract, which got them a large portion of the way to matching Kyrie's deal. The Bulls just didn't have that. I know some Bulls fans are going to be saying, well, what about Lonzo? And the fact of the matter is this, could Lonzo maybe have got, could the Brooklyn Nets have been interested in Lonzo? Maybe. It seems like the Brooklyn Nets were more ready to try to retool now, maybe in, pos- in, in hopes that they can convince KD to stay and not uh, asked to be traded, which is already some rumors that the Phoenix Suns are going to be putting something together to try to get uh to get get KD, which wouldn't re- be able to happen really into the off season. But with that being said, I know there are going to be Bulls fans that are asking why this deal did not get done, especially when they gave up a 2029 first round pick, the furthest out you can push a first round pick as of right now. Yeah, and I understand that. I think that when you look at it, the Bulls were always going to be your team that's reluctant to add a player that could dip on you um, at, at in free agency. And I know, again, a lot of Bulls fans are going to get to type, well, we don't even have lines and we don't know when he's going to come back. Yes, but that also may be why the Brooklyn Nets weren't interested. Now, you could say DeMar DeRozan. Maybe the Bulls could have did that. You're even going to get some that say Zach Levine. They would have been crazy to trade Zach for Kyrie especially with Kyrie not having, listen, Bulls fans, I know like the ones that try to rationalize the Russell Westbrook rumor trade and things like that. You got to know this front office. This front office is not going to give up something that they have locked in, no matter how much discontent it may be with Bulls fans uh, with that player for something that's uncertain. And so the Dallas Mavericks do pull the trigger on that deal. The Bulls did not, even though I didn't do know in yesterday's mailbag, I did say the Bulls should at least be on the phone. Yes, they should have at least been on the phone with that deal, but and I expected him to be more. I expected the, the, the price to be way higher, even with his pendant free agency. But the Dallas Mavericks get to add Kyrie Irving to Luka Doncic. And the biggest question now remains on this is, how well is this going to work? Now, you look at the way that Jalen Brunson was able to play with Luka, and Kyrie Irving is a much better, better player than Jalen Brunson. But I still look at this as, as a situation where Luka is going to have to sacrifice. And for a couple of different reasons that are on the table here, um, A, Luka has already been a lot of talk about how... Well, other superstars go play with Luka Doncic. This is his opportunity to prove it. And if the Dallas Mavericks have hopes of, of signing Kyrie Irving to an extension that keeps him there long term, it's going to take have to take Luka to sacrifice. And Luka, who's been frustrated at times this season, has to realize it as well. You're not going to be it's, – it's very few players who can do it on their own in, in the modern NBA. And you have to, even if you do, if you're the only true superstar on that team, you have to have a team that's almost built to perfection to be around you. Now, they do get to add Kyrie Irving to already Christian Wood who's there with Luka Doncic and a team that is, is already sitting right now, I think, sixth in the Western Conference, and they're going to have an opportunity to move up. But if this is going to work out in a way that is meaningful, in a way that maybe opens up a true championship window for this team, it's going to have to take Luka Doncic to sacrifice 
to make it happen. Does he do it? Will he do it? Can he do it? All that's going to remain to be seen. And if they are, end up keeping Kyrie there for a long period of time, but as of in the short term, this this does have an impact on the current goings on in the Western Conference. When you, I mean, in the Eastern Conference specifically, when you look at how tight the Eastern Conference is, and you look at the the Brooklyn Nets sitting right now as the fourth seed, they're not going to be. They're, I highly doubt they're going to be able to stay as the fourth seed unless Dorian Finney Smith. And Spencer Dinwiddie just meshed so well with KD and and and, and um, Ben Simmons takes a huge step up or something. It, it, I doubt that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be able to stay there. I can see the Brooklyn Nets falling as low as eighth or ninth in the Eastern Conference, especially with how this how tight everything is. And if if these other teams go out and get deals done, now what does this do for the Eastern Conference at the trade deadline? We've talked about it before. How close everything is in these conferences. All it took is one team in that conference to make a considerable move and it may start domino effects for other teams needing to go out and get deals done you look at the Atlanta Hawks still John Collins is he still on the trade block do they end up moving him we've heard recently that their asking price for him goes down and that's another thing that could uh, affect the trade deadline is the asking price we saw the Rudy Gobert trade and the Donovan Mitchell trade really affect uh, trade values in the NBA over the course of the season this now at the trade deadline could make that come down a little bit more for pieces that are way less than Kyrie Irving. Yes, some of those pieces are locked into longer-term contracts, but if the, the Hawks do move a Collins, right, depending on what team, if he goes to another team in, in the Eastern Conference, it could drastically affect what other teams around the Eastern Conference have or feel like they have to do, right? If a team like the Utah Jazz moved uh, Ver- Vanderbilt or some of the other pieces that they're rumored to be interested in moving. And if those pieces come to the Eastern Conference team, it could drastically affect that as well. But right now, the Chicago Bulls have to own their own destiny. So if you're asking me, how does this affect and impact the Chicago Bulls overall? I'm saying this, the Bulls got to go about business the way that we know that they, they need to go about business anyway. That is playing a full four quarters of defense, that is executing on the offensive end, that is the big three looking like a big three, which they did do last night against the Portland Trailblazers. It was great to see the way that the, that the players bonded together and played last night, um, especially the, the big three. What, I, what did I say in yesterday's preview, even though I wasn't on the post-game show? What I said on the preview yesterday is that we need the big three to play like a big three. And they did last night. They stepped up in major ways last night, especially Zach Levine, not only with the scoring, which it was good to see Zach Levine scoring come around in the way that it did. It was nice to see him have a game where he went off um, in the way that he did. But also, the defense from Zach Levine. Zach Levine with chipping in six rebounds, five assists, two steals to go along with his 36 points, the highest plus minus of anybody with plus 27 when he was on the field. Yes, he did have five turnovers, which we need to get in handle. Vooch being the most consistent bull, as always, 23-11-4 from Vooch. And then DeMar DeRozan with 27-7-7, adding in one steal and one block to that as well. The big three played like a big three. Ida Sumu played like the way that we need a point guard to play with, again, of course, with the, the amount of scoring power else. He scores 13 points. Kobe White chipping in 10 points off the bench, and then Andre Drummond giving us seven points and five rebounds in only 13 minutes. The players played the way that they needed to play, just period, point blank. And it was good to see this. And if the Bulls, you know, we could talk about the Kyrie trade all day, but the Bulls need to hold and control their own destiny by playing in the way that they did last night, by giving in the effort that they gave in, by stepping up and playing on defense they shot the ball 60 percent as a team last night and 46 percent from three-point range with 32 assists and 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 12 turnovers overall that's how we need to see this that the team play they out-rebounded the portland trailblazers by by eight eight is how they out-rebounded them dame lillard only getting 40 well not only getting 40 points on 21 shooting it took him to still be blown not blown out still lose by eight simons with 27 points 
I like the way our team competed last night, especially in the second half. That third quarter was a thing of beauty to see from the Chicago Bulls last night in the Portland Trailblazers game. So linking it back to the Kyrie trade, how does it change the outlook of the Eastern Conference and how does that affect the Chicago Bulls? I still say they got to just take care of business. And when you look at the Chicago Bulls' upcoming schedule this week, we have the Spurs on Monday, Memphis on Tuesday for a back-to-back. Then we got Brooklyn on Thursday. That game now looks a lot better and a lot easier for the Chicago Bulls. And the Cleveland Cavaliers Saturday, we got seven games remaining until the, until the, um, the All-Star break. And if the Bulls can go, um, they right now sit at two games below 500. If they can go four and three over that stretch, we're looking at a team that's going into that right a little bit below 500. If they can win the next two weeks, right? And we're looking at a team that can go, that can go five and two over that. We're looking then at a team that is then going to be 30 and 29. That's what we need to see from this team. This team needs to own and play with the sense of urgency that we all have been talking about around here for months and months and months. If this team can understand the moment and, uh, and win the, this next two weeks, right, then the sky's the limit for the Bulls. But focusing on this next week, the game against the Spurs, a, a game that could be a tough matchup, especially when you look at any coach that can outcoach Billy Donovan, it can be a difficult game. But I, the Bulls can definitely win against the, against the San Antonio Spurs. And it's at home as well. But then you look at our next three games after that are on the road to finish the week. We're in Memphis. That's going to be a tough matchup in Memphis to go against Memphis. Uh, we're, at, we're at Brooklyn. That's a TNT game as well. We need the Bulls to show up. And then you've got the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that has swept us so far in our games against them this week. So really, when you're looking at everything, the Bulls have to be able to control their own destiny, and they have to be able to play better in this stretch to be able to do so. And if they can, then we're looking at a team that maybe is 500 or, God forbid, one game above 500. Going into the All-Star break, and that drastically changes the back half of the season for the Chicago Bulls. But they need to play well. They need to, to the big three has to show up and play like a big three, right? We have to have uh, the role players play into their role. Yes, we're missing DJJ. We're missing Javante for at least, he's not coming back before the All-Star break more than likely. We need this team to continue to compete and show what they can be at this level so that we can maybe salvage the season, especially when you have a team like the Brooklyn Nets who are going to, in my estimation, going to drop considerably between now and the end of the season unless things go very differently than I expect. But that's it. Let me know what you guys think on all that down below. Let's get into the next upcoming, well, the, the, the voicemails for this week. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. It is a Sunday, so it is still a voicemail day. Let's get into that. This first one, this one's from Jamal. What's up, Hayes? It's the boy Jamal back again. Another voicemail for you. Um, so here we are. Uh, the Bulls are. Being the Bulls, they are continuing the trend of having the most up-and-down season I've ever seen in basketball history, at least by the team that I've watched. It's, it's really funny when you think about it. And I don't mean ha-ha funny. I mean, like, I'm, I'm laughing to keep from crying funny. 
But when I look at this team, it's like the moment we look like we get back on track, we end up effing ourselves up and things like that. And that's just, it's just, a, it's just, it's frustrating. Um, I know we're probably a week away. If, if the trade deadline is the next week, we're about a week away from it. And I know that we all heard the news. Kyrie uh, Irving has reportedly wanted to be traded from Brooklyn. I know a lot of people are going to call in and, you know, send you emails and messages talking about trade packages and stuff. I'm going to be honest. I don't see the Bulls making the trade for Kyrie, and if they did, I don't. It would require them to give up. I, I would say that Brooklyn would probably not take anything less than Zach Levine as a contract. Not even just because the contract fit, but because I think that's what uh, Brooklyn would want. Maybe they would take Zach Levine, but it it takes a, a pretty penny to go get a Kyrie Irving. And then when you do get a Kyrie Irving, it kind of falls into the idea of, like, he's a, uh, he'll be a free agent at the end of the season where he'd be able to sign and commit. You know, um, if you want to be in Chicago, how does his playing style fit? What about his off-court, you know, things like that. So that's a big issue. Um, I don't know what the boys are going to do in this trade season. I know that you've said you don't see them moving on from anybody, majorly at least, and I, I wouldn't be shocked myself if they did it. Um, so we'll see what that goes there. A uh, little question before I go. Um, we were having a discussion on the Winter City Breeze after the game um, against, I think, the Hornets and everything like that. I got into it. We're not gotten into it, but me, Marcus, Pat, Ringo, and even P. Kid came in. Um, they, I, I had a discussion, and I was kind of wondering, with Patrick Graham's, the way that he's played um, this season, maybe the last three seasons and everything, has there been a moment where you've said that you regretted either picking Patrick Williams in the, in the, uh, as a pick or maybe even last year where it was uh, optional that we could have gotten like a Jeremy Grant? Do you maybe regret us not making that deal? Or is there anybody else that you would have regretted that we didn't get instead of uh, keeping Patrick Williams? Just want to know your thoughts. Let me know what you think. As always, see where it go, Bulls. Peace. Up and down season is exactly what it's been for the Chicago Bulls. A very up and down season for this. Uh, the level of heart, the level of determination is all varied um, from game to game, moment to moment for the Chicago Bulls. And every time we get close and we start thinking, are we going to turn that corner and at least get to 500, it seems like we go on three-game losing streaks. The Bulls have to play more consistently. And if this team can play with that consistent the good version of consistency, not the bad consistent we've seen from them, but if they can consistently play in some of the better ways that we've seen this season, where they're looking at a team that absolutely can salvage the season. Still, are they going to go in a deep playoff run? More than likely not. But at least can have a little bit better of an outlook at the end of the season. Now, some Bulls fans will very well say, well, what's the point? If the Bulls aren't going to go on a run in the offseason, what's the point of trying to salvage this and going on a run now? What's, what I'll say to this is that. It helps with attracting free agents. It helps with picking a direction. It helps with even moving assets if we need to move players in the offseason. Now, we know that the trade deadline, it seems like the Bulls are, are prepared to be buyers more than sellers. They want to add to this team. We're going to see how truthful that is. And I do think that the Kyrie Irving trade has maybe set the market in a way that the Bulls can maybe get a Jared Vanderbilt for cheaper. Like, it looks a lot better now sending out a protected first-round pick for Jared Vanderbilt after... The Dallas Mavericks get, yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie back, but uh, unprotected first in 2029. So what does that do for the Chicago Bulls? But regardless of that and the off-the-court things, the Bulls have to earn what's on, well, own what's on the court by the level of play being consistently good, and hopefully we see that from the Chicago Bulls team going into that. Now, hopefully we have more up than down with the back half of the season. Now, the Kyrie Irving trade, we already talked about that. The Kyrie Irving trade has since gone, gone down since Jamal got involved in that. The Bulls weren't the ones that got Kyrie, but that writing was kind of all on the wall if you knew 
what this team, you've been listening to the things that have really been surrounding this team this season. I do want to see this team play much, much better. I do want to see this team, you know, just, just give us, be, be a team that we deserve on the back half of the season. Yes, you're going to still get some pessimistic Bulls fans that say, what's the point? We're not doing anything, but it is what it is. You, you said you have to laugh to keep from crying. Hopefully this team gives us more of a reason to just be proud of the play and the way that they execute on the court. That's what I want on the back half of the season. Let's see if they give, a, give that to us. Yeah, they didn't get involved in the Kyrie Irving trade, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. Um, it was, it was, it was kind of be expected, but thanks, Jamal, for leaving that voicemail. Let's get into this last voicemail for today. This one's from Mark. Well, hey, family. It's Marvin. Hey, we're just calling for the last eight games of the first half of this season, guys, and uh, we got four home games and four home games. Now, I'm pretty sure all of us would probably hope that we can go at least four and four in these last eight, and which would put us at 28 and 31 going into the break. But in my eyes, I'm hoping for five and three, six and two ending to the first half. If we can get a six and two ending to the first half, that'll put us at 500 guys. That'll put us at 30 and 30 going into the second half. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to do that because we got four road games, three in a row, which are at Memphis, at Brooklyn, at Cleveland. But are we optimistic about beating Memphis and Memphis? I don't think so. Brooklyn, we kind of got their number. Hopefully we can pull one of those out and we owe Cleveland. The last uh, road trip, I mean, the last road game for the first half is at Indiana, our nemesis. So that's going to be a tough one. But if we can go five and three, we'd be one game under 500 going into the second half, which holds for the Bulls only one. The longest road, road trip of the second half of us after the All-Star break is three games in a row on the West Coast swing, which is at Portland, at L.A. Lakers, and then at the Clippers. So if the Bulls can at least get these last eight games and the wraps, guys, I think we can be all right because our schedule is light in the second half. Not very many games, but it's kind of light. But if we can get over 500, guys, maybe we can get this done. Big game tonight, too, guys. If the Bulls win, Atlanta lose, Miami lose, and uh, Indiana lose, the Bulls, I mean, Washington lose, the Bulls actually can move up a slot with a little more time left for the first half to move in a couple of slots. So, hopefully the Bulls can get this done, guys. Not not through with this team, guys. I guess we can't be. They show us good, then they show us bad. So this is one of them games that we play in the middle of middle of pack team. So let's see how the Bulls react to it. Portland is decent. They they just won a big game the other night. And don't overlook Portland. They're decent. And then we got San Antonio after that. Two home games that I hope the Bulls can pull out. If we can pull these two out, that'll put us one game under 500. But then here we go with a road game against Memphis. So let's see what the Bulls can do, guys. Keep my head up. I'm staying optimistic. Let's see if we can get. Marvin talks about that Bulls last eight games, and we we talked about the, the 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 next four coming up this week already. And he left this before the Portland game, so it really leaves seven games left into the to the uh, All Star break. And in those seven games, well, in the la the last three games that we have, we have Orlando next Monday, we got Indiana on Wednesday, and we got Milwaukee Thursday. Now, Indiana is a team that can be a tough matchup for us. They're also a team fighting for playoff position. They're not going to be walking the park by any stretch of the imagination. But Indiana is a team that we can compete with. You look at Milwaukee. We did beat Milwaukee. But again, that could be a team looking for revenge. That game's on TNT. But now the Bulls have, you know, not always fared the best on national TV. But again, a winnable game for the Bulls, especially if Drummond plays the way that he's been playing and the Bulls are locked in on, on, in, on all four quarters. That's a winnable game. The Brooklyn game on ESPN to finish us off before we go into the All-Star break. Um, 
No, I skipped the Orlando game. The Brooklyn game's after the All-Star break. We got Orlando next Monday, then Indiana. Orlando, we already know. Orlando is a team that just matches up tough with us, uh, even though we looked great against them in the last game. The Bulls, I, I, I know Marvin kind of set the stage of going 4-4 four and four over the next eight. We now have the next seven left. I need us to go 4-3, and three, which would put us at 5-3 and three to end the season. I need the Bulls to go 4-3 and three over that break, which would then put the Bulls at 29-30, and 30, one game below 500. God forbid if they can if they can go uh six and two, right? Or something like five and two, I should say. Um, can the Bulls do it? That's the biggest question with this team. And that's can the Bulls, if they go five and two over the next seven, you're looking at a team that is then 30 and 29. Not the best, not where we expected or hoped to be at this season, but that really sets the, the stage clean on the back half of the season. And I know we keep saying half. The Bulls have already played over 50 games. Uh, so we, we, we played 32 games. I mean, 52 games. We have 30 games left on the season. The Bulls need to be tough these last 30 games. The Bulls have to, at least at the bare minimum over the next 30 games, go 18 and 12. Ideally, I would like to see them go 20 and 10 over the last 30 games of the season. Can they do it? They have the ability to, but the will they is the biggest question. And the will they is what's going to be proven on the court by the Chicago Bulls, and you guys can let me know what you guys think on everything down below. Sound off on what you feel on all the topics that we covered today on today's episode, but that is it for me for today. Make sure you follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail for the mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red, y'all, and peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.